Live from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. All right. You got to love that. We are back for the work week, and we are so glad that you have joined us. Good morning to the crew, and good morning to Dr. Norm Clothier, who is with us every Monday morning from 7.30 until 8. Gives us great medical advice, and boy, howdy with um, Dr. Clothier. Good morning to you, first of all. Hope you had a lovely and blessed weekend. It was good. Good, good. Oh, and that's a good that's a good color on you. I don't know that I've ever seen you in pink. It looks really nice. Well, thanks. I like it. Is that all right. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a pink Monday. I guess. There, I there you go. But Instead I of do, a manic Monday. I actually wear a variety of clothes. Yeah, I try to change each day. It for looks instance. great. Yeah. You and, do. You know, I am a clothier, good for you. So these, yeah. Yeah. Well, being a clothier, I do. You, uh, you must. Uh, well, yeah. let's let's go ahead and talk about something else. I know you're paying very close attention to. And boy, there, you know, I was at um, a big kind of all day into the night political event this weekend and a lot of talk around um, the new strain. You know, are there going to be, you know, uh, clo- closings again? Is Are things going to shut down? Are the mask mandates going to come uh, back in the places they haven't been? There are so many questions. We even had a question of a couple of our local elected officials, um, which was, will the county be going around and knocking on doors and making sure people have been vaccinated, um, you know, and then you've got the Texas Democrats who left the state and five of them have tested positive for COVID. It turns out all five of them had been vaccinated. So does that mean they've got the new strain? What? Please, please enlighten Almost us certainly. this morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, <clears throat> excuse me, let me <clears throat> get my voice going and go back to say that uh, there are a couple things that play there. One, the Delta variant does seem to be more contagious, but not necessarily more dangerous than okay. the other okay. strains. And of course, you know, this is still learn as you go. I mean, we've only known about the virus in total for about 19 months. And then, right. of course, the variant, the Delta variant seemed to have uh, originated from mutations in India. And, you know, we're still trying to figure out all that. But so far, of interest, those people who test positive after the vaccine do seem to have the delta variant probably it's hard to say because not every strain is being tested for subtypes you know there's right. just not enough uh, manpower to do that but um most all of them are not being hospitalized they are sick but they're not you know deadly um the repercussions appearing to be pretty quick you know in other words they're not in the hospital on the ventilator And um, that seems to be the reassuring thing. 95% protection is afforded by the vaccine. That leaves 5% of people who can get the infection. There were a couple of interesting stats. And one, I also want to just mention, you you mentioned will people in Collin County start going door to door to make sure people have the vaccine. It's really to make sure people have the opportunity of the vaccine. There still is not a forced vaccine no, program. There, and I there don't is think not. There will be. And, and there and there's and, right. and these elected officials even said, Hey, we're not coming door to door. You know, here's the information right. if you want to be tested, if you would like to be here the, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, the the counties are to, to, uh, to show to, they're trying. To get to give the knowledge. I think you know, everybody's starting to get paranoid again when people start oh, talking course. about another shutdown sure. and then people are like oh and by the way the government's coming knocking on your door and if you don't have a vaccine a, a card that says you've been vaccinated 
then they're vaccinating you there on the spot. No, they're not. No, just no, they're not. No. That's not happening. We're, no, we're, and, we're still you know, America. Rumors are always trouble. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, now I do want to present a few uh, interesting statistics that I think are valuable to us. One is you look at the, uh, for instance, the five Texas Democrats with the uh, infection. Now they've tested positive. There probably be more. But notice all the photos of them on the plane had no mask and no social distancing. And those things are still important in particular spots. There's closed air on an airplane. And, you know, remember that the federal rules are that if you're on public transportation, this, of course, was a private charter, but the same rules should apply, uh, practical rules. And that is don't be in each other's airspace and faces without a mask or without regard to social distancing it's you know it's interesting to me that the infection broke out seemingly right after that because that appeared to be a very blatant disregard of the uh democratic president's recommendation and and the executive order actually so uh that's one a second uh there's a large outbreak in missouri we mentioned that last week of the delta variant and of COVID in general and in the past week, in Springfield, Missouri, there were 341 hospitalizations with COVID. 340 of that 341 had not been vaccinated. And, you know, if, if odds like that are not enough to convince people that the vaccine does help, I don't honestly know what will. I think we have, you know, a lot of obstinance about the vaccine. I think it was very proper for Dr. Fauci to mention polio and measles as uh, similar situations where a vaccine came out and the infection, you know, it basically got under control very quickly. And I think when you look at 340 of 341 hospitalizations being unvaccinated, to me, that tells the story. And, you know, my view is that I think the vaccine is very safe, very appropriate. I think it's very much like wearing seatbelts or washing your hands. I think it's, you know, it takes a few seconds. Um, there may be a little minor discomfort for a day. That's a lot better than being in the hospital. I, I don't know a lot of people that enjoy being in the hospital, not being able <laughs> no. to breathe, things like that. I think you the, know, o- I it, think the it, only time people like going to the hospital, Dr. Clothier, that's a happy, joyous occasion is yeah. when somebody's having a baby. So that's like all right, good. Exactly. Outside of that, it's like, oh, you know. And, you know, we we recommend the uh, and essentially nearly compel the pertussis vaccine for people around newborn babies because pertussis can be fatal yes. to newborn babies. That's whooping, whooping cough. cough. Right. And okay. so, yep. you know, it, I like to emphasize again, it's not weird to have a vaccine. What is odd is to have a worldwide infection that's killing people. It is not odd for medical science to come up with brilliant ways to help limit that infection. And I'd, I'd really encourage, you know, the, the uh, people that are experts online about it, um, media, social media, you know, uh, um, influencers and whatever that don't like the vaccine, they, they may know better than the rest of the world. I don't, I don't think so. And they may know better than medical science, but I don't see their degrees and their study and their work for the last 19 years now on this vaccine. And I think, People need to get realistic. If they don't want the world around them shut down again, they need to get vaccinated. And, I, you know, to me, the numbers are clear. 
there is no 100% protection in medicine. You know, every person at, at some point will get an infection of some sort, a disease of some sort, and death. But right. when we can prevent things from being the obvious blow right into the face, you know, like this virus, I think it only is reasonable to get vaccinated and, and uh, limit that infection down to more normal levels. And, you know, it's it's just going to take some people some time. I, I think it's unfortunate that a lot of conservatives are extremely opposed to the vaccine because I'm afraid that the critical number is going to get ill and die and we're going to uh, have, you know, less influence on those around us as conservatives. And I think that'd be sad. I think we don't want to lose that many numbers of people that really are effective in in the uh, political discourse as well as other conservative values. Well, and let, so let, let me if, if I can ask if I can ask you something really quick again because we we talked about this in the past, but now today it kind of clicked when you talked about the new strain. Um, it, the incubation period is it the same as before? Like say, let's say you it were does, in you were in yeah. Springfield, Missouri, you know, two weeks ago when when the outbreak started. Um, you know, it, how long do you have to move past that to know that you're safe? Like to move yourself out of a self quarantine, I guess. Yeah, the, the current recommendation is symptom free seven days, okay. and so okay, uh, that you know, if you have fever or you have other illness symptoms. That seven days starts when the fever breaks. And so um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of debate about that. And it's gone back and forth. And obviously, as you're alluding to, we have 14 days originally. Right. Uh, The current line of thought is seven days. And that if you're vaccinated and symptom-free, some medical groups have advocated three days. That is not the official advice yet. But, you know, there again, because we see a 0.2% spread rate among those who are vaccinated, uh, that takes away that whole asymptomatic viral shatter issue that we've had where people don't know they have the virus or they are so-called pre-symptomatic. In other words, they're going to get symptoms tomorrow, but when they're around people today, they can spread it. People who are vaccinated appear to be spreading that at a point. 2% rate compared to, you know, virtually 100% um, likelihood in the unvaccinated. So, okay. you know, that's another thing to consider. So another statistic that I think is important to consider uh, that I read, and I think it's a fascinating meta-analysis of the uh, information, is that uh, they have identified 12 people that have, are on social media who have spread some of the rumors against the virus, like, okay. you know, having a government chip in it, for instance, yes. altering your DNA permanently. Yes. You know, those things are not true. Decrease in fertility, not true. Um, 12 people that ultimately have 59 million followers online have spread that misinformation. And I think, you know, all of us who are in medicine seem People get sick, infected permanently. Well, I shouldn't say permanently. Long-term damage seen to kidneys, lungs, heart. Uh, I think we need to help spread the information that there are safe things to do against the virus rather than just get it in and see if you die or not. And, you know, I think that's um, that's just a, a critical issue that people need to realize that all of the misinformation can be tied back to a dozen people 
who started to spread that on social media and looking at actual evidence and, uh, you know, not just rumor, not just something you read on Instagram or uh, Twitter or Facebook or whatever your social media platform is, go with real information. And I think it would be very compelling that we could keep our society from being devastated by this virus because another wave does seem to be coming. Case reports are up 47% over the past three weeks in terms of infection numbers. Yeah, this is starting to feel hauntingly similar to last summer when we really hoped all the infection uh, increases would go away, that it would drop because of the summer heat. The virus seems to be uncaring as to whether there's summer heat compared to like influenza, for instance, that likes cold weather. And, uh, you know, it's, it's spreading. So if you don't want to end up back in masking and shutting down of businesses and uh, societal challenges surrounding that, then we all need to get on board with helping prevent the infection. Right. Well, and, and again, so, I, I think I think a, a lot of it because, you know, and I've got friends, I've got family who don't want to get the vaccine, who are concerned for for a variety of reasons. Um, so then I go back to something you said, if you're going to be in a contained space, like the Texas Democrats were who fleed. Um, can you tell I'm a little bit angry about that? That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother time. We all but- <laughs> should be, frankly, whether whether that's Republicans or Democrats. Amen. Amen. Couldn't agree with you more. That that this this is not a conservative liberal thing. This is a you were elected, show up for your job. The taxpayers are paying paying for you to, to show up. Um, but anyways, I, I look at the thing. You know, if you're going to be smart, what I've done is. Um, you know, and I've never liked the mask. I've, I've told you that from the beginning. It always kind of it gets me into a panic attack mode where it sets off my asthma. So what I've noticed that I've done is in the places where you have a choice, you can either wear a mask or not. Let's say I'm in a grocery store or some, some place that I shop on a regular basis. I'll just I'll put a mask around my, you know, just kind of down below my chin if I'm if I'm. If somebody's coughing, you know, which I could be allergies, but still if somebody's coughing or if somebody's, you know, you've got like a bunch of kids and they're kind of climbing all over mom and they're taking up, you know, 90 percent of the, you know, cereal aisle to move past them. I'll put it put it over my face. And then when, once I'm free and clear on the next aisle, I'll take it down. So I, I think everybody just has to be smart about themselves. Um, you know, I know uh, uh Dr. Rebecca Good, who's our education expert, she was commenting. She said, you know, good health, good eating and good health, you know, being proactive. And you talk about that a lot of the time. Um, You know, I sent my son off to Boston for music camp. And when we got there and we were buying, you know, sheets and, you know, blankets and towels, we went down the vitamin aisle and I, you know, got him a bunch of the same kind and even additional um, probiotics and things that are for his immune system while he's in another state just again sometimes being proactive and thinking about things ahead of time maybe if you've got a a compromised immune system and you don't want the vaccine well then don't you know don't go to the church service where the most people are sitting you know kind of set set over you know distance yourself I think there's things you can do to be smart about it and the government doesn't need to tell us you know just kind of common sense almost yes if people would listen to the medical opinion I think they'd be in good shape, absolutely, instead of trying to confuse the two issues. 
And I would include in that that if you're immunocompromised, you should not be afraid of the vaccine because the vaccine doesn't have any live virus in it. And uh, I think being immunocompromised is all the more reason to have the vaccine because you need that protection. So, you know, I think I think there's just misinformation all around. And I think early on, uh, when the virus first started to be known early in 2020, that um, all political individuals should have just propped a doctor uh, out in front of them and said, here's a doctor, listen to her or listen to him. Don't uh, don't let politics jade your view of this. And that way, if the doctor is right, they could say, hey, I picked the right person for you to listen to. If the doctor is wrong, they could have said, you know, that scumbag doctor led you astray. The politics still have nothing to do with it. And I think that we let politics overtake it. I think people are very angry about, you know, various recommendations. I, I would still suggest think about how you function in life with various rules that either local government or national government have recommended that uh, do actually keep the population safe in many ways, like uh, signals at busy intersections, you know, things like that. Um, are actually government-run programs, and I don't think we have to fear all, all of the advice from the government. But I also think the medical advice is clear, is get a vaccine, keep your guard up about how long you're in a, a small area with someone, like a, you know, a small room, an airplane, a car. Be very careful how long you're in there without circulated air. Try your best to maintain some degree of social distancing. Wash your hands a lot. But the most protective factor, statistically speaking, is the vaccine. And I think, you know, it's just um, it's just clear how that evidence is coming out. Is it perfect? No. Nothing in earth, on Earth is perfect. Nothing is 100%. You know, you're, you're going to find the occasional... Um, statistical anomaly of something happening that's true they're also just as a little reminder they're a fatal car wreck every day in america they're about 120 we still drive places hopefully we look both ways put the seatbelt on pay attention and we follow the rules that have been set by the government frankly and you know it gives me no joy to think about governmental control i don't like it but i also think there are a lot of people who haphazardly are not going to follow any rule because they think they know better. And and we do have to respect other people to keep our nation intact. I think that's also a truth. And I I think, you know, the if the uh, the government puts out an ad that says please get your vaccine, I don't think you should get angry and not get it. I think if you do get angry and you don't get it, you do need to update your will and make sure your family knows your desires just in case you're incapacitated in some way, whether on a ventilator in the hospital or just chronically ill, because I think the virus is, is extremely serious. And I think that's what people need to realize. Well, and we've got a question from a member of the crew. And, and you, when you're talking about, and this, this is something we've discussed with you before over the years that you've been on our show, and we, we truly appreciate all the, all the great information you've brought to us. Um, one of the things that I think 
because you hear about so many people getting this and being on a ventilator and then all, you know, I know at least between JP and I and a number of members of the crew, by now you at least know one person personally who has passed away from this, if not more. I know there's oh, yeah. more in my case. Well, this has led to the dinner time, dinner table conversation, you know, between husbands and wives, um, between, you know, um, adult children and their parents. And, and, you know, the reverse is true. And that is, you know, is there is there a DNR? You know, what happens if I'm brain dead? Do you pull the button? So this has led to some conversations that families probably should have had anyways ahead of time so you know what your loved one's intents are you know if they end up becoming very ill and this isn't just from covid this would be from cancer or you know a car accident or anything so i think that's a, a, a good conversation that's come out of that because i know that's something you've always encouraged people to do and talk about ahead of time now randy is asking um we uh, we've booked a cruise in we have a cruise booked in january do you have any thoughts on the safety of being on the ship and then, um, and, and Randy said, I thought it would be um, okay by now, but, but I'm a bit hesitant. So any suggestions for people going on, you know, like a three, four, seven-day cruise? Because there's really good prices on yeah, those, too. I've looked at those myself. Sure. Well, of course, they want to get the business back, and we all hoped it would be fine. I think it's just premature to say that. You know, we're, we're at 19 months into a worldwide pandemic, and... I think it's just very hard to say if it'll be safe or not. The best news is between now and January, there'll be a lot of time to assess whether it's safe. I don't think anybody can extrapolate out five months at this point. And um, I hope there's travel insurance, you know, because I think um, I think it's very likely that at some point, you know, we, we're also, also seeing – Olympic athletes have to pull out because oh, of yes. COVID tests. Just saw that. And, Just saw that know, with one of the athletes this weekend. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. Coco Goff had to pull yes. out. Yeah, she's 17. She's obviously a world-class athlete. Um, you know, she has a team of people who provide her nutrition and exercise. And, you know, she's um, at the top of her game, right. literally. And I think it, you know, it's a reminder that this virus can get to anybody. You know, early in the pandemic, we thought a 17-year-old wouldn't be a big deal. Right. Um, you know, it didn't seem to be that much risk. It does seem that the Delta variant is hitting younger people, and whether that's because, you know, they're not vaccinated. And I don't know her vaccine status. It was in the news. But, um, you know, a lot of more mature individuals have had the vaccine from the age risk standpoint. And a lot of younger people have not yet. And so, of course, we're seeing a higher rate of infection. The highest rate of infection in America right now is age 30 to 39. So, um, you know, it, it's hitting the younger people that thought they were sort of protected, you know, initially. So I, I personally think that it's going to be really hard to see a cruise happening in January uh, because I think that's so many people that have to be healthy in order okay. to get on there. Remember that, you know, with cruises, we've had norvavirus before. You know, it's not fatal, but it makes people miserably ill for several days from a GI standpoint. Cruises have always been some degree of suspect because it's close quarters. Right. And, um, you know, that's a challenge. Right. Well, and, and, and again, I, I think this is a, yeah, with the cruise at this point, I would make sure that I've got a, either a, a can, yeah, I can cancel it. Um, and get my full refund or that I can, um, you know, switch the date, you know, maybe to a few months from after that. 
um, I think right now it's just so hard to predict what what um, the virus is going to look like. I, I just think there's so many unknown factors at this point. Um, and and you are, right, I guess, and, you're and in you're in close quarters on a cruise ship, you know. Yes, and indeed, and I think you know part of the problem is nobody can predict a wintertime illness anyway. Right. You know, the years we think influenza would be awful, sometimes it's not. Sometimes that's because, by the way, people hear that and and more people get immunized, and then it limits the infection spread because vaccines work and. You know, that um, some years we think like respiratory syncytial virus, we've seen quite a bit of summer outbreak of that. We sometimes can predict, you know, wintertime looks like it'll be worse. And then sometimes it goes by with relatively few cases. And I think January is just a very hard time to predict. I, I would not count on that working out, unfortunately. I'd love for it to, you know, for everybody's sake. I, um, I just don't think that we're at the point where we can predict that we've seen a 47 percent increase over the last three weeks in america of cases of covid and that's all when you know everybody started thinking oh you know it's it's getting safe to be out and around um we've got to respect this virus because the the virus doesn't care much about our plans i was gonna say we're not we're we're not getting a whole lot of respect back in return well um can i uh, plant a seed for a question for next week um we've got i just heard um earlier this morning i I heard um about monkeypox a case of monkeypox in the in in the u.s and so there may be more of it um, more information about it ne- by next Monday. If it's if it's still something that's being sure. discussed, is that something you can tell us more about? Because I was very intrigued. Oh, at, sure. Like, I, you know, oh, yeah. You know why yeah. you're intrigued is well, because it has a cool name. Yeah, and, well, I know it's, it's monkeypox. I'm like, oh, can you get it at a yeah. zoo? It's I mean, you infection. know. <laughs> now, it, you know, it's just in America, we've been fairly isolated from a lot of worldwide infections because we don't live in third world conditions, you know, and, and they're just our differences too. And the mosquitoes and the, you know, the various uh, risk patterns. So yeah, we can, if it's still in the news, we can talk about it. There was the okay. first case ever in Texas last week. That's, that's what I'd heard. So I was intrigued and yes, you're right. It was the name that got me. I, I was like monkeypox. Oh, I've got to ask Dr. Clothier oh, yeah. about that. Well, Dr. Clothier, thank you. As always, we appreciate your information, your input. Um, you stay healthy and have a blessed week. Well, thank you. You too. Thanks. All right. Dr. Norm Clothier, um, our medical expert um, here on J.P. Kathy and the crew. And just, um, you know, it's one of those things. I, and, and, and we've got Lathan Watts in studio as my guest co-host this morning to discuss a few few fun topics. Do we have his mic live yet, Brett? Are you live now? Good morning. There. Now I hear his lovely voice. Um, actually, and I guess I can take these off since I'm off the, um, the interview with Dr. Clothier. Um uh, we had talked, uh, we were talking about, you know, the new strain of COVID, all the different stuff going on. And that, I, I, I talked about this a little bit, and I, I know I wanted to talk with you about this more. Um, so the Texas Democrats who, first of all, what the heck? I mean, okay, if you if you decided, oh, I don't want to go to my job this week, and you were like waving and getting the royal treatment in another state, what would your boss do to you? I would be fired. Well, and that would make sense yes. because... Most of us would all be fired if that were the case. You know, it's almost like they're thumbing their nose 
at Texans. I just, um, and so, so first of all, disclaimer, I'm going to say here at JP, Kathy and the crew, we don't wish the COVID virus on anybody. That's not, that's not what this is about. But I tell you what, you've got, you know, and I had just recently traveled to Boston and, and I do, I'm not a fan of the masks, but it is what it is. I was in, you know, federal area. I was in the airport and on a plane. And so you had to have the mask on and sure. the flight attendants were militant about it. I saw several people who had it kind of down below their nose and I'm like, I'm watching going, okay, if they're going to get away with that. When I start yeah. to nap, I'm going <laughs> to pull mine down a little bit. And boy, they would wake you up. They'd be like, sir or ma'am, you need to have your mask covering both your nose and your mouth. And I'm like, okay, then I let somebody else get in trouble first. And then right. before I tried to do it, but um, you know, so I get it that they were on, these were private trans transportations, like a private plane. Who paid and, for that by the way? Yeah, good question. And if so, are any of those um, representatives, I would check their campaign finance reports when they're filed to see if it was listed yes. as an in-kind contribution. I didn't even think about that. Oh, my goodness. I should have thought about that because there was just a filing period just past the July 15th filing period. Um, yeah. So somebody do some research on that. I, hopefully somebody is because you're right. Who, who did pay for that? So I get it. Private plane. Okay, it's, you know, so it's not like you're on, you know, flying out of Love Field or DFW or something like that. So that's the prerogative if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to. It's so it's so interesting, not funny, haha, ironic, that the Democrats who have literally been shoving, you have to wear a mask, you have to be socially distanced all the time. You know, first it was going to be, if you're walking your dog by yourself in your neighborhood and nobody else is around you for three blocks, you still have to wear a mask. Okay, no, you don't. Um, so funny, so they, they're all smiling and waving, no mask in sight. Everybody's kind of right on top of each other, getting all close in for the, these selfies and everything that have gone viral now. And I'm like, okay, first of all, wow, you guys are the ones that are saying no matter what. So if it's your choice, then why didn't y'all choose to wear a mask right. or socially distance as best you could on a private plane, which I don't know. I've, I've never been on a private plane. Sorry. So, somebody invite me. I'd love to be on a private plane like that. But I just ha I don't have those kind of invites. Um, you know, I guess I need to be an elected official who doesn't do their job and then I'll get an invite. Okay. That was my problem. When I was an elected official, I did my job and showed up in Collin County. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so, well, that's my own fault then. <clears throat> so anyway, so they're they're going, you know, it, to me, it, it it was a very, um, it looked very hypocritical. I just saw that. I was like, wow. Sure. And now it turns out, and I, I just read this this morning. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I read very quickly on my way out of the house this morning that the five, and again, didn't don't wish this on anybody, but five of them have tested for COVID. All five of them did have the vaccine. Um you know, now I think doesn't um, Kamala Harris, doesn't she have a doctor's appointment this morning or she was somebody said she was scheduled for some kind of exam. Again, I just look at this and I'm like, first of all, so that makes me wonder, you know, OK, well, is this the new strain that they got? So if you're vaccinated, are you protected from the old strain, but not the new strain? Now, you know, Dr. Clothier always says there's always a small percentage right. that it just doesn't matter. Same thing with the flu. I don't know how many years I, I've gotten the flu shot still and got the flu still got it you know yeah. and they still got the strain i was vaccinated for and the other strain you know it's like okay i'm an overachiever but um i don't know what are your thoughts on this whole thing and them turning up 
positive for COVID. And so who's paying for their medical bills while they're not in the state getting treated for COVID? I've got so many questions. Yeah, and um, there was a Republican state rep, I think it was Briscoe Cain, um, who questioned whether or not they actually had it or if this was going to be their next excuse for not coming to work. Oh, interesting. Interesting, because I, I guess unless they're showing us a positive test that has right. their name and all that, which, you know, HIPAA, they don't have to, they don't have to right, show you that. exactly. Anybody can say they have anything. Yeah. That's very interesting, especially because all five of them were vaccinated, and then they all five have it. Right. And so, while <coughs> and, they, and did while they, they expose up there, anybody else? Yeah, that was my next my next question. While they were up there lobbying um, their fellow Democrats in D.C. to yep. take over the election process for the country, yep. How many of those folks did they meet with uh, need to get tested? And are they yeah, getting tested? Are they getting tested? I, I would um, imagine that every Democrat in and staffer in the administration who, you know, in the Senate, House, White House, who was exposed to them. Oh, I, I know I'd be, I'd go get tested. Right. I would absolutely get tested. Sure. You know, I know um, when I was exposed to somebody who had come into my home who had COVID and I ended up sick and it was just a random thing. Mine was like a stomach flu, didn't have it, but I'm everybody in my house got tested. Sure. You know, better safe than sorry. So, yeah, you're right. Is that happening? And how do we know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, it, it all starts with them, you know, leaving Texas just to keep the house from doing the house's business. Yeah. Uh, they don't like, you know, this um, voter integrity, election integrity bill that's on the call for the special session. Um, oh, what, so, and they, what did, so they left town. And what did they, oh, um, Lathan, uh, JP and I talked about this, but I've got to bring it up in, again because it's just so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's what it is. When Biden said that um, that what's being proposed in Texas um, for elections and for voting, for you know, voter fraud, to prevent voter fraud, it's worse than the Civil War. Yeah, the biggest threat really? to democracy since the Civil War. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we talked a little bit about this on my show uh, when we recorded on Thursday. And, oh. you know, I speculated, you know, it's probably because Biden thinks he fought in the Civil War. And He's like, I remember I remember back in the, day. the worst threat to democracy back when I was fighting in the Civil War. And I was like... You know, somebody should remind him, based on his voting record and his uh, mentor, that <laughs> yeah. if he had voted in the Civil War, he'd have been wearing gray. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so maybe not bring maybe that. Maybe not so much. Yeah, I mean, that was my goodness. That was you know, and I'm not I'm not making light of the Civil War. My goodness, that was a time in our country where you had brother picking up arms against brother. You know, in, but that's in why your that own, sort of yeah. hyperbolic rhetoric is yes. so dangerous because it does yep. make light of the Civil War. If you're talking about a bill. That says you can't have 24-hour-a-day voting and yeah. pop-up voting locations, yeah. and you're comparing that to an actual civil war. And, you, and that, we want your driver's license number, and if you don't have that, we want the last four of your Social Security, which is up. You've got to do that on any any given thing you do. Go to the go to the bank, see if you can cash a check without a without an ID. Try to buy permanent <laughs> markers. Yeah, yeah. Permanent markers and Sudafed. It, you got to have an tough, ID. It's tough. They're locked up more than yeah. voter integrity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why that sort of nonsense is is actually... It's you, you have to kind of laugh to keep from crying because you, it is really harmful to, you know, the uh, the, the political environment, the, the debate, the whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, because we've seemed to have lost all sense of, of perspective 
Again, we have. We. I mean, if every <laughs> if everything is a crisis, if everything is an emergency, if everything is the worst thing since the Civil War, then nothing is. It, it, well, it, and you know what? So it's almost like you know, it's kind of like the boy, the, the boy who cried wolf. So it's like, and especially this younger generation, they're getting so indoctrinated with everything every day is a crisis. You wake up every day. What am I mad right. about today? What am I sad about today? What am I transgressed over and microaggressed and macroaggressed and yeah. all this kind of stuff? So there's always something. What should I be afraid of? Yeah. What, yeah. What should I, you know, where should I be afraid to go now? And oh, yeah. I, oh, I can't go to that restaurant because of this, or I better not yeah. fly or I better not this. I think that's probably scary. the biggest um, cultural impact of the last year and a half with, with COVID is that, in in some in certain circles we have made fear a virtue yes like i am more virtuous i'm more concerned about this because i'm more afraid of it than you are and yeah and, so and if you're not as scared about I'm, this i'm, I'm as a more I decent am, human being exactly. than you are and you have some sense of moral superiority based on how afraid you are of fill in the blank COVID, the Delta variant, monkeypox, whatever it is, yeah. whatever the emergency monkey pox. of the I know, the that day just does is. sound, I'm not making fun of it. It just kind of sounds fun. I'm just like monkeypox. Yeah, but so. we've turned yeah. fear into a virtue when it used to be yes, we have. a vice. Like, yeah, we, we used that, to pride ourselves on not being afraid. And, well, and that's one of the things that, you know, as Americans, you know, I, I feel like we're, you know, we're, you know, we're always striving for the American dream because we're able to still attain it. And so in doing that, You've got to step out of your comfort zone sure. sometimes, and, and most of the times, if you're, especially if you're going to be very successful or do something that's out of the norm, you, you've got to say, you know what, I, you know, I'm going to push fear aside, and you hear this all the time, you know, I pushed fear aside, I, I, I took a leap of faith, and I did this, trusted in God, and I did this, and th that's always like a good thing, and now it's like, well, you're not scared, well, I'm going to shame you on social right. media you're until you enough. are pulverized. Yeah. Um Courage isn't the absence of fear. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going ahead and doing it anyway. Yes. It, it, exactly. And whatever that thing is that you're afraid of. Exactly. And it's just, um, you know, it's so, uh, it, it is, it is so, it's heartbreaking. It, it's so sad that we've got leaders who, president included, who are helping with the gaslighting and the fear mongering sure. and all of these things. And, um, Something's gone horribly wrong when we're in that place. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the, you hear lots of talk about um, how divided we are as a country, you know, along whatever line yep. they're talking about, you know, race, sex, uh, class, gender, whatever it is. But to me, that's when I first saw that picture of the Dems on the private plane leaving town. Um, it, it sort of reinforced for me the only – the only real division um, in the in this country is between the governing and the governed. Oh, that's power, a, boy! That's a powerful statement, Lathan. It, it, very powerful. Because th they live a life I'm unfamiliar with. Just like you said, mm -hmm. if if I wasn't happy about something going on in my job, and I just decided I'm not going to show up, then I wouldn't have a job. Right. Um, Natural if, consequence to not showing up for work, yeah. and also it's one of the, it's kind of like. Oh, I went to the Ranger opening game. Oh, <coughs> I'm sick. And then all of a sudden you're on the Jumbotron. Right. Rangers, Texas Rangers opening, you right. know, baseball day. Um, okay, well, guess what? You got busted. And to me, I feel like they're all on the big Jumbotron of life, thumbing their nose at us in Texas who are going to work and doing our job, yeah. saying, I don't have to do mine. 
And right. I'm going to get treated like a rock star. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's sort of my point. I mean, they, um, the, the, the biggest um, gap, if you want to call it that, yeah. or, or gulf between two groups of people is between the governing and the governed. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's a, a completely different um, uh, system of criminal justice. Yep. Um, if if you and I had done, or, or if there there was uh, evidence of close to any of the things um, as far as a, a corruption yes. in the private sector um, that we saw, say with you know Hunter Biden and pipelines and everything else. Oh yeah. I'd be in jail already. I see, and, and that's the thing. So, so the people who are in charge, you know, and you, you try to think about, you know, America, we were founded so we could all be, you know, we could be equal and have, you know, freedoms. Not that you would be equally successful. You all have an equal opportunity. We, we right. all wake up the same, same way every day, and each of us have a chance to go out and, and just kill it. Just, just yeah. rock and roll. And equality under the law. Yes. Yep. But, like... Orwell said in 84, some of us are more equal than others. Um, like, say, somebody like Lois Lerner. Yeah. If, yep. if you abused your authority in the private sector the way she had abused hers in the government sector, yeah. Yeah. you would be in jail. Yep. That is the biggest divide in this country right now, the governing and the governed. And some of those in the governing are constantly preaching about every other type of division um, so that they can tell you, well, keep me in power so I can fix that. When the real thing is, you keep them in power, and they live a completely different life from yours. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, it's not in the same ballpark. Oh, you know, we're talking, as the average American. They've got their their third vacation home is five times the size of my one home that I have. Right. <laughs> you know. You know. They've. They. How. You know. The founding fathers did not put elected office positions into place in order for you to be become wealthy off of them you know of course not. it was never intended to be a career right right they believe in the concept yep. of public service the ciceroan ethic right yep. you're called to serve you serve you go home if you're called back you go back right um it, it was never supposed to be uh, but we've got a president a senate majority leader and a speaker of the house who have never had a real job Oh, in no. their life. No. Never worked and in so, the private and, and sector me, at I all. Don't, I just, I, I have a real hard time with, um, you know, now, now granted, you know, JP, who he's in training today, um, you know, he was elected at age 18 to serve as a JP, um, did a fantastic job, but he was always very much in, he was, you know, with students on service, you know, he was literally every weekend boots on the ground, you know, at a church, at a, you know, nursing home, at a, where, wherever the case may be, at, a, at the home of an elderly person who needed their, you know, uh, you know, their, their pavement that was cracked, fixed, right. whatever the case may be, um, because you've got to be in touch with who you're serving, um, and his was also a full-time job, you know, um, these people who have literally, and I don't I mean, make a killing. We're talking they're worth millions and millions and millions of dollars and their kids are worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. And so I'm like, wait a second. You're scamming the American people at this point. Yeah, it's a pseudo aristocracy is what it is. Yeah. It's like we've basically yeah. created one, which is, you know, it's 
point blank in the Constitution there are no titles of nobility or right. you know, hereditary titles. Right. That's, we're trying to avoid that. <laughs> tell, tell Hunter Biden that. But you we know, have basically yeah. established one. And it's not to say that you know, serving your country in elective office isn't a noble thing. It is. Um, it is supposed to be service. Right. It is supposed to be service. And and so you lose sight of that when you're in it to win it, to make millions. You know, Leilani says, okay, how do we fix this? She said, I'm so over the division. Um, Do we have to attack? uh, Do we have to have another attack to be united again? Um, That's a scary thought. You know, do do we have to have something in common? Because it's like right now, every, you know, everybody's fighting against each other. What does something jarring have to happen? I mean, well, heck, wasn't the pandemic and being shut down, wasn't that jarring enough to bring us all together? It, and it made us worse. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it maybe should have been. And, if, and one, one thing it might have done is exposed to a lot of people who serving them in government has sort of that dictatorial impulse. Right. Because and and people have to be honest enough with themselves to say, you know, even the people, quote, on my side, right? because they've got an R by their name, doesn't necessarily mean that they're acting the way I expect oh, my elected officials to act. There and if they don't. There are plenty of R's that right now you and I could, we, we won't, we'll go into it right now, we don't have time, but there's plenty of R's right now that right. I'm like, are, are you kidding me? Yeah, and if they don't, then it is up to the people that elect them to say, it. then I'm voting yep. for somebody else next time. Yeah. And I don't, you know, whether it's in a primary or, you know, in a, in a general, um, the only way, like the, the question, and right. you know, the, I think the only way we didn't get to this point overnight, you won't fix it overnight, but right. the only, it, it's, it's real easy to point the finger at the people in office and forget that we're the people that put them in office. And, and, and uh, we've, and, and then you look at voter apathy and, you know, the low turnout, I think of just like the last, you know, uh, municipal election, just, you know, and we even had, the, really, the only time you have a good turnout in a municipal election is when liquor's on the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sad, but it's the only the, time you're uh, guaranteed, you know, ten percent or more. Or if the school board puts a new bond package. Yes. So they can go into further right debt. Further debt. Add ten thousand seats. <laughs> yeah, to kick that stadium. can. Kick that yeah. that that can down the road. Yeah. But I, I think the only way this changes over time is you know, we the people, the the folks yeah. that that vote because politics goes to the, to those who show up. Are you talking about low voter turnout? I mean, I agree more people should vote, but there's a lot of people out there. So uninformed. I'm totally fine. If you don't vote. Yeah. Okay. Um, Everybody's like, we should be able to just vote. Like you should be able to vote on Snapchat. And it's interesting. And uh, I know Cleo's Cleo's online. She was an election judge. She said, socialism is the shortcut to dictatorship. Boy, howdy. That's true. It creates a new ruling classes and more serfs. Yeah, absolutely. Socialism is the communism starter. it, It is. And anybody who doesn't understand that they're like, no, that's like the nice version of it. Oh my gosh. No, they're just like, oh, that's a nice drug dealer. There is no such thing. Um, Ann Guzman said, um, you mean something? somebody actually did a little something? And then Coach Quigley said, um, uh, equality is not their objective. Control is their objective. And I, I agree with that. Um, so, so let's take this. So we're talking about the fact that these are, these are folks who we, 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 we put them in office. We can take them out. And getting back to the thing, like I was talking with Cleo, she was an election judge. There are younger people who came and they said, oh, no, I registered to vote on Snapchat. 
or I registered <laughs> to vote on Instagram. Yeah. And I wish I could say you're, we're making this up. Yeah. No, I have election judges who who were like, "Oh, Kathy, you'll never believe this." And I'm like, "Hit me, <clears throat> it hit me. It's hard to surprise me right. nowadays." Um. So I'm thinking. Okay, probably not a good thing. You're voting this cycle because, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, you know, um, I've always and I, I know I know we can't do this, but just I, w- I want to like ask people. Okay, what are the three branches of government? Before you go vote for president, just tell just tell me one thing. What are the three branches of government? Right. You yeah. know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. if if we started to require actual civics in um, in high school, um, that that's step one. Right. I mean, why not make it a graduation requirement that you have to pass the same test that people becoming citizens in this country have to yes. pass? Yes, and, and you know what? It's, it's interesting. That's the subject matter that they're tested on. And we, we've yeah. talked about this on the show before, and there are folks who cannot pass, who, who are out there voting, who are, who are holding elected office, yeah. who could not pass the citizenship test. That's kind of a sad statement. Fred says you can't complain if you don't vote. I'm always like, hey, you haven't earned your right to gripe if mm-hmm. you haven't voted. Um, okay, so we're talking about you know liberty, which is what we're desperately hanging on to here in America, versus um, dictatorship and the lack of freedom. And, and let's talk about Cuba a little bit and sure. about what's going on over there. Um, read something new. I would sent you an article about um, a woman who does a podcast <laughs> – and and I've I've got to, I've, I've I'm literally going to watch this during my lunch break today. Um, uh, Nicole Hannah Jones, she has a podcast. She said that Cuba is among the most equal countries because of socialism. I'm like, what? Yeah, they're all equally miserable. Yeah, okay, and not laughing at them them being miserable because it's it, that I can't even imagine how horrible that is. But my goodness. Okay, so yes, everybody's equally in a sucky position. Yeah, they're all equally poor. They're all equally uh, starving. They're all equally uh, dealing with a ridiculous, bureaucratic, ineffective healthcare system. Um, they're, but they're equal. If, yeah. If that if that's your goal, um, there it is, and it plays out on the world stage everywhere it's tried. This is you know I've said before on on. On my show, and, yeah, and, and, and apparently, pretty much anybody can get a podcast well, these days, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> we love your that, so the snarky parenthetical every Friday evening. <laughs> so, if you the, the the old phrase like those that don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Right. I'm more of a fan of the phrase that those of us who study history are doomed to watch everybody else repeat it. Yes, you know, while while we stand around screaming, "Please pick up a book." Yeah. Uh, oh, I know. This I mean, is just, the end result everywhere yeah. this system of government is put into place. Yep. Um, and, and if you want, if you want true equality. Right. Where everything is equal. Nobody has more material possessions than anybody else. Everybody has free government health care. Everybody has the exact same housing. Everybody has everything equal. Then yeah. check yourself into your local prison. Because yeah. that's the only place in America where it exists. That's and a good is, point. I never even thought about that, but you're right. Proof positive. Same meals, same same square footage, same exactly. cot. All paid for by the government. Same outfit. Yep, all, all provided by your government. Absolutely free to you, right? That's a that, really good point. Because you cannot, <clears throat> just like you said, if you have, um, if, if you truly understand the concept of equality as right. it's mentioned in the Declaration, in the Constitution, it is equal rights, 
equal uh, quality under in the eyes of the law. Yes. It's about the equal value of every individual human being because they're created in the image of God. They have the same uh, uh, equal rights because of that. That when free people exercise that freedom, they're going to exercise it in different ways right. and it is going to res- result in different results. Right. That doesn't mean that they don't have equality. Right. This is why you also hear people on on the left these days, they're not even talking about equality anymore. They've shifted to talk about equity. Oh, and, and okay. And that's another, we need, we need to have you back on literally just to talk about that because what you start watch, what you start, especially those of us who are, who are involved in the media, you start looking at what is the buzzword that's out there that literally you hear it over and over and over. You don't, if you're just going about your normal day, you really don't pay attention to it and you don't notice it, but all of a sudden you're using that word. What word is being shoved down your throat? Right. And, and equity is big. Um, as a matter of fact, um, and then I've got to mention this about, <laughs> we're having such a lovely day, but I do have to mention something AOC said about Cuba. She said, um, she, uh, uh, they, they said AOC continues to demonize and blame the U.S., for suffering on Cuba. What the what? But but here's the thing. She makes headlines with that. Right. She's got all of these lemmings who literally are following her off a cliff, believing like, oh, well, you know what? We are so mean and we've got so much and it it is our fault. How, how are we being blamed for Cuba? Right. <clears throat> I mean, seriously, the people over there who are protesting in Cuba, do you know what the majority of them American have? Flags. Yes, the symbol of freedom to somebody in Cuba who is oppressed is our flag. Exactly. So how are we the bad guys? Yeah, I mean they're they didn't they didn't create they didn't build basically cardboard boats and risk death to to try to get ninety miles north yeah. to America. Yeah, because everything is so terrible here. Right. Like, let me flee to the country that's responsible for my plight. Yes. That makes I, no sense whatsoever. And, how many, and that's what's crazy. How many people in Miami do you see building homemade rafts to try to get to Havana? No, zero. No, but it, again, it, you know, and it's um, some of the speeches I saw at the Collin County Lincoln Day Dinner. Oh, and by the way, um, congratulations to Terry Green, who won the John McVeigh Award. I was very proud to um, to uh, present her with that award this this uh, weekend. So congratulations, Terry. She's going to be talking about border security here um, in a few weeks on our show. Um, you know, I look at this and I'm like, okay, a lot of the speakers who, who spoke, like Rick Green and some different folks who spoke over the weekend said, okay, you've got to look at the country people are trying to get into versus the countries people are trying to get out of. And like you said, nobody over in Florida right. is going, how how the heck do I get over to Cuba? Right, and these people coming from Cuba, the ones trying to get out right now, right. those are actual refugees. Yes. and Thank you. Let's talk about the definition of a refugee. Right, because all the people that are making the trek from Central and South America just to get to the southern border because yeah. they've been told by our government, if you can just get here and claim you're a refugee, uh, well, then we'll let you in while we're sort of evaluating things, and maybe you show up to your uh, to your court date, maybe not. Um, violence is bad, of course. They come from violent countries. They come from countries that are you know riddled with corruption and, right. and drug cartels. But <clears throat> but throughout our history, just because your country is in a bad way doesn't necessarily make you fit the definition of what a refugee is. Right. Um, it's and, and I'm you know I don't have the the uh, 
black and white letter definition in front right. of me, but it is it is intended to be. You are fleeing um, a country where the government of that country would persecute you, um, it, where your life is in danger from your own government. Yes. Um, yeah. Because of either your religion or um, lifestyle your or whatever your, the case. Your ideology, right. you know, yep. uh, because you've spoken out against the government. Right. Those those people in in, in Cuba are real refugees. Right. I know. Right. Nobody's saying that the the folks coming from Central and South America that we shouldn't be sympathetic to them, but <clears throat> there's a process. There's a different process for refugees versus someone who wants to immigrate yes. to this country. Yes, and the and this administration just the other day, uh, I forget who it was, a Biden administration official basically said, um, you know, to those of you in Cuba, uh, turn around. And I, Go back. And We're so not I'm like, gonna, wait a second. These are truly people. These are the actual this, refugees. This is who. This is everybody this else. This is who we need to help. across the, the southern border. Well, all the drug cartel right. coming over. You know, uh, tattooing. You know, minors, so they can know who gets what drug money from which branch, which branch of the cartel. That's not. <clears throat> that's not what we're dealing with in right. Cuba, and the fact that the administration is ignorant to that either either they're ignorant which that's scary or it just doesn't fit into their narrative because most likely if you come over here if you've got like a rafael cruz who came over from cuba my goodness he is the biggest flag waving a a proud american there is well what do those people usually do they vote with the constitution they usually are more of a conservative type style personality so more than likely they're if they vote they're going to vote conservative or Republican. So does this, again, at the end of the day, all come down to who's going to vote and who's going to support me. Same reason they've got, you know, you know, you know, maskless in DC on parade, not doing their job here in Texas, keeping retired teachers from what they're calling the 13th paycheck for the year. Mm -hmm. Get back here and at least vote on that. Come on folks. But they won't. Yeah, it does come down, I think, unfortunately, to um, an effort to sort of have a constant influx. Basically, because we are the freest country in the history of the world, we have also been the most prosperous. Yes. And But if your political power is built on telling folks in poverty that you will fix it if they'll just vote for you, <laughs> then you constantly need more people in poverty. Right. And when our economy you succeeds... Need your constituents need to grow. Exactly. When our economy succeeds and people are lifted yep. out of poverty, uh, if that's a threat to your actual power base, then what do you have to do? Well, you got to import poverty. So you got to go to the, the countries... So sad. S- south of us, north of us, and wherever bring it may people be. In, and, and bring and, people and, in. And here's the thing, Lathan. You're bringing them in, and instead of presenting these people with the American dream... You're keeping them dependent on the government. Exactly, it's just a, a little. Just That's a not high, the American it, dream. It's just a a higher standard of living. Like poverty in America is a little bit better than the poverty. But from it's still poverty. Blood, but it's still poverty, right? So yeah. every time you talk about immigration, it, it seems anyway in in public debate, the question always centers around what is best for the immigrant. Right. Well, if America is, and I believe it, the freest, most prosperous. Um, successful country in the history of the world where there is more freedom and opportunity here than anywhere else in the history right. of the world. If you start with what's best for the immigrant, the answer is always the same. Yeah. Let them in, of course, yeah. because this is the the place where there's more opportunity than there ever has been. 
But every country in the world, every sovereign nation in the world has a right to determine who comes into their yes. country. Yep. And the, the question of, of immigration, legal or illegal, should be framed around what is best for that country. Right. Right. Because then you can arrive at a multitude of answers based on the individual who is coming. Is so this true. is this skilled labor? Is this is this person a PhD from India? Yeah, right. Is this yeah. or is this unskilled um, migrant type labor that we already have? Right. That we have that we have too much of, you know, kind and of thing. And it's not to say that we're unsympathetic to their to their plight. No. It is to say like look, if this is the great this this is the best country in the history of the world, but the whole world can't live here. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at some point, I mean, we're, you run out of space. I mean, lo- log- I mean, logistics-wise, you got to look at it. Um, well, and I know we're getting ready to hear the music here and everything. And I, gosh, we could talk about this for another hour. And, and something I'd like to talk with you about in the future as well is, all I see are more and more and more help wanted signs. Um, the last few places um, that I've gone to eat, either for like a friend's party or just you know took my mother out the other day. Um, yeah, went, went to an IHOP, and they, they're short-staffed. I mean, it was one of those things where we went, it was not a, a lunch, dinner, breakfast time. It was in between on purpose. Still had to wait. Service was slow. Now, that was not the waiter's fault. The waiter was... Well, they were understaffed. They were pretty much working the whole restaurant, yeah. but then part of the restaurant is closed down because they just know, and it's not because of a COVID thing, it's because... There's not enough workers out there, so exactly. what, do, what do we do with that? I, um, this is becoming a real big problem. So somebody posted um, on social media, um, the whole the whole country's understaffed. Be nice to the people who show up. So right. I know I'm super boy. We gave we gave that waiter a big old tip, you yep. know, like a 50% tip for you know what we had, just because thank goodness there was somebody there to serve us so we could go enjoy you know time together, yep. not having to cook and do dishes, kind of a thing. So. Um, Oh, how can people see you every week on this network? JBK Network. Um, check it out on Fridays, um, 5.30-ish is usually when it posts. Yep. Um, Time for uh, your first glass of wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> check it out on the way home, maybe. The snarky parenthetical. Well, Lathan, it's always a pleasure to have you in studio. Thank you so much. Um, we wish JP good luck with his training today. Um, love y'all, and then we will see you again on Wednesday. And stay tuned for Heart and Soul of Texas Women coming up after this show. Love y'all. Have a blessed week. Mwah.